Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Well, we're pretty much through the holiday season, but maybe your ears are still ringing with something critical that your in-laws said, or you're still fuming about some unresolved family conflict. I'm John Fuller, and Greg Smalley is with me. And Greg, you always have a good story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, recently an in-law said, wow, Greg, you haven't skipped very many meals this year. Oh, are you serious? I'm like, that, what, what? Why is that a good thing to say? That's not right. Yes. That's I love my family. I love that we're in Colorado, away from my you know, family. There, there is something good about a, a thousand miles or so. It's <laughs> some 14,000 foot mountains. <laughs> yes. Well, Melanie Shankle shared a really funny story um, about some dynamics, some family dynamics during the holidays, uh, particularly bringing a foreign casserole. Uh, to her in-laws' house. Here's Melanie talking to Jim Daly. For you, what what's a sign that you need help? I mean, when you're there and you're in that situation, the opposites and the humor's perhaps mm-hmm. no longer there. Yeah. And now it's become more like battle. Mm-hmm. What does a woman do particularly? Speak to that woman in that situation. You know, I think that's, it's hard. I, I, you know, for me, that's when I really begin to pray. And I and I've just learned over the years that sometimes the trick is to act like I'm still in love, even if I don't feel like I'm still in love. You know, I think feelings can be so deceitful. You know, mm-hmm. I think your feelings can lead you astray and you can just start to think, well, I don't feel it. And so if I don't feel it, then I'm not going to act on it. And so I'm going to quit doing these acts of kindness or these things that I've done. And sometimes I've learned if I'll just ask the Lord to give me strength to just kind of power through mm-hmm. and to still um, treat Perry the way that I know he wants to be treated and to respect him and to love him and to encourage him, even if I don't necessarily feel it, um, that a lot of times I feel like it comes back around. Sometimes it's just working through. And I think that, you know, what you learn in being married for any amount of time is, I mean, there are highs and lows. I mean, I feel like, you know, I could go back over our marriage and if you looked at a map, there are probably years that look like mountaintops and there are years that look like valleys. And, you know, both of those, I mean, if you can find a good level and sometimes that's just continuing to just love each other and encourage each other, even if you don't feel it in that Mm. moment, because I think things take place. And, you know, with a woman, I know you can have a million things on your mind. You're worried about your finances. You're worried about what's going to be for dinner. You're worried about how your kids are doing in school. Mm. You're worried about your, you know, your community and your friends and your church and your Bible study group. And and it's hard to not let all those things pile up to where you lose sight of your marriage, but Mm. it's just to continue to make that a priority and just ask God to give you the strength because sometimes you're not going to feel it. And it's only going to be by trusting him and and letting him guide you through that path. Uh, Melanie, I so appreciate your humor and your heart. Um, (laughs) Let's touch on the really sticky issue, (laughs) in-laws. Talk about your experience with Perry. And I think it was a holiday you guys were coming together and you were just married, right? Yes, we had just been married. In-laws are such a tricky thing. And I think that's such a... I have to be careful because my mother-in-law is probably listening. Well, you're talking Um, generically or about your friend Sue. Yeah, well, that's right. That's right. And I love my mother-in-law, but it's so hard because you've got two different families that have been two different ways Mm -hmm. and, you know, and... And sometimes you're just different. And what I had learned, my husband's, um, for the first Thanksgiving I spent with his family, or one of the first, I had been with him a couple of Thanksgivings, but this was after we were married. And I felt his mom does a very traditional Thanksgiving. It is turkey and dressing and green beans 
and rolls. Sounds good to me. And that's it. <laughs> but I like variety. I came from where everybody brought all these different dishes and there was green bean casserole and there was broccoli rice casserole and there was sweet potato casserole. And I decided I missed the variety. So I took it upon myself that I was going to create a little of that at the next Thanksgiving. And so I called my mother-in-law and asked her if I could bring anything. And she told me no. And I said, well, I would really like to bring broccoli rice casserole because it's my favorite and I miss it at holidays. And so she's gracious and said that would be great. Well, my husband has a brother that's seven years younger than him. Um, so And so at the time was, you know, in his 20s. And so I brought this, my broccoli rice casserole, and I set it in the middle, and his brother, oh, what is that? And I was like, well, it's broccoli rice casserole. He was like, it smells. What does that smell? And I was like, well, it's got cheese whiz in it. It's cheese whiz. And it was just. Cheese all, whiz? Uh, well, what are you putting cheese listen, whiz in there? And, have you never had it? With I, I've never had yours. Well, Obviously, we'll have to post the recipe for this on the website. I mean, it's, yeah, there you listen, go. it's everything Cheese that whiz. you... And cream of mushroom soup. It's everything you shouldn't eat, but it makes the broccoli delicious. I mean, <laughs> Obviously, it gives it an odor. It, it gives it a little... Well, Cheese Whiz has a little bit of a... I mean, it's cheese in a jar with okay, a long shelf Okay, so you life. shut up with this delicious so, traditional I, dish of well, your family. Well, yes, that I was very excited. It was the food of my people. Did, like anybody, the else, brought. did anybody else jump in at this point? No, nobody else. No, it, even your husband. Even standing my husband. alone. No, I was, I was a woman oh, alone with my broccoli rice casserole. I said it was as if I had plopped a dead rat in the middle of the table and said, here you go. I hope you all enjoy it. Nobody... So this was Perry's moment to step up, but he didn't. How did that was... make you feel? I know. Well, and I don't know that he didn't step up. I'm trying to remember. I knew he wouldn't necessarily You'd remember eat if it. he did. I know. I know. <laughs> I, don't, I think it was kind of like a, it was like nobody mentioned it. It was, it was, it was the broccoli rice casserole in the living room, did I guess. Did you bring that next, was... the next year? Did I you... didn't. I haven't brought it back since. Now, I I just make it for myself. I eat it in the privacy of my home. And, you know, so it is what it is. Food. It is. It's my comfort food. Nobody appreciated the cheese whiz. But, that is so funny. Yeah, it's just a different taste. Poor Melanie. I'm so glad she can laugh about that circumstance now. And, and stuff like that is so easy to take personally. Um, Greg, what struck me is that her husband Perry's reaction or lack of reaction um, how do you recommend someone in his position respond? I feel so incredibly qualified to <laughs> respond to your question. I think most of us guys can relate. We've, you know, it's been one of those open mouth insert foot kind of things. Oh, I, you know, Aaron and I really struggled with with some of my family members early on in our marriage, and it really took a, a toll. And I, I tell you, probably the best thing that I learned is that. When, when we start to experience some conflict around in-laws and issues in each other's family, I have to instantly communicate to Aaron, remind her, honey, now remember, I, 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 whatever happens, you are my top priority. You are number one. And I think if we start there and remind our husband, our wife, that you're you're the top, you're number one, that, that you're you're my family— it sets a very different tone than to be able to do some other things. You know, I I eventually though get out of the middle between my wife and in certain family members as as they were. So you just let them battle it out, and you watched from the sofa. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I realized quickly that there was nothing that I could do to control yeah. the situation, and that. You know, I I was willing to put whatever boundaries that we needed to put into those relationships yeah. to love from afar or to limit visits, wh- whatever that my wife needed. 
but I couldn't fix it. And I spent a whole lot of time, mm. a whole lot of wasted effort trying to fix yeah. those relationships. And all it did was say to my wife that I don't think you're competent and capable to do this on your own. So I'm going to jump in and oh, fix this. Yeah. So just so that's, we would be in conflict. And I just learned that, listen, Aaron, you're my number one in whatever we need to do within these relationships, whatever you need. I would ask her, how can I best support you? Because I'm your wingman. Now, I will tell people, though, when it when it comes time to setting boundaries with family, I think the rule should be your family, you set the boundary. And so I did that with my family. I just, you know, we started limiting time around certain family members. And, and I had to tell one family member that, you know, I know you want to be close, but the way you treat my wife is so unacceptable that I can't be in a close relationship mm-hmm. with you based on that. Now, years later, they worked things out and in relationship change. And that's the beauty that God is so passionate about unity. You just have to trust that he's constantly fighting for Mm. those broken, hurting relationships to be repaired. I appreciate your wisdom, Greg, and your leadership in this. And it hurts to hear you saying this because I did not establish boundaries like I should have. Actually, your wife Asked me to mention these things. So <laughs> yeah, now, here you go. It's I like wonder why Dean was talking to you. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I really, um, I found myself kind of caught in the middle on some things, and I didn't step up like I should have. And, yeah. and and I can only say, out of some pain points that we've experienced, and we're, I mean, we're good now, yeah. but early on, uh, I wish I would have done that. So please, if you're a listener and it's early, particularly if it's early in your marriage. Set some guidelines, get some boundaries in place, and be willing to risk a little temporary alienation. You don't have to say, you know what, it's such a drag being around you all. We just, we always fight after we're, we're with you that we're going to stop coming. You don't have to do that. Figure out a gracious way to not be around some people and to confront when you need to. I wish I would have listened to this podcast about 20 years ago. Well, and so do I. So, I mean, I'm saying things I learned. Yeah. 26 years later. Ah, wise is the man who learns from his mistakes. Well, you can get a copy of Melanie's terrific book in which she shares about some of her mistakes and their mistakes and some great fun stories as well. It's called The Antelope in the Living Room, and we've got that. Uh, Make a donation today, and we'll send a complimentary copy of the book. You'll find the link for donations and uh, resources in the show notes along with our phone number. Next time, more from Melanie. And for now, on behalf of Greg and the entire team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. 